This is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. People say weird things to you, Kelsey. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. People say really weird things well, to yes, you. Well, yes, because an hour and a half later, I posted, the girls in line behind me at the store were whispering about my tattoo. And then I heard a camera noise followed by, crap, that's awkward. Let's pretend we were taking pictures of ourselves. Oh, you look so cute in this picture. Two, three, four. Podcast, we're making a podcast about 30 Rock. Podcast, we're making a podcast about 30 Rock. We're calling it Talk 30 to me, it is great. Hi, I'm Kimmy. I'm Kelsey. And this is Talk 30 to me. Talk 30, like Talk 32 to me. No. No, what? Talk 30. Kelsey, why don't you explain what's on in the background as we record this episode? So, well, she's not playing yet. And I think I mentioned the last episode, but my friend Jamie is on the U.S. badminton team. This is bad. This really puts a time period on when we're filming or uh, recording. We're, we're, we're filming, not filming this. This we're is a video cast now. <laughs> if, you're, if you can't see us, you're doing it wrong. So one of my friends, I've known Jamie since we were in second grade, and she's on the U.S. mixed badminton team that's really exciting yeah so it's kind of fun she's on her third they they didn't win their first two games so today's the last one and then i think they'll go into finals so we're hoping that she'll win she posted yesterday on facebook that she's um hoping that she'll feel better today and just kind of kill so she it she lost yesterday yeah she lost yesterday and thursday her first she was like who uh korea was on thursday and japan was friday are there any non-asian countries playing badminton the netherlands the netherlands the netherlands, are, the netherlands are in it too okay that makes I, I just was curious it was just curious it's one of those sports that you don't hear about except like curling right does yeah, anyone yeah, that yeah. isn't canada or sweden do curling so sports where you're like mm. no i know we played we do curling actually because i was really into like four years ago no when, no, yeah, it got, six years ago i remember really... watching curling and being like i'm into this and then i remember I had a crush on the curling guy because he was 19 well of course and i was 20 so i was like mm-hmm. all right um, so I think well, this is our sixth episode of our podcast episode. This is the episode. sixth episode this of our exciting. podcast episode. And then what episodes of the sh- it's We're talking 10 about 11? 10 and 11, yep. Yeah, the rural juror. And, and the head and the hair. Oh, I love the head and the hair. It's- rural jurors, juror. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Even now it gets me. The rural God. juror. The rural juror. And the urban rural, fervor. Urban fervor. The urban. way she says fervor, too, is the most fairity way. She's like fervor. Fervor. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Yeah, rural juror and the head and the hair. It's going to be a good episode. Uh, before we start talking about the episodes, though, do you have anything for Talk 30 to me? Because Or not, sorry, that's this podcast. I hope you have something for Talk 30 to me. Do you <laughs> Nothing. have something for our 30 30 podcast where we talk about where some of the actors might be now or even just other non 30 rock pod, uh, projects they've done? I have two things, actually, so I'm going to use both. Cool. I'll pretend one of them is mine. <laughs> yeah kelsey what are you doing i we've had an episode we had an episode where i didn't bring something so sorry my leg is falling asleep and it's making recording really difficult oh, i was thinking about laying down <laughs> you should definitely do that all right i have two things for um for 30 30 uh 30 30 30 30 30 32 32 no wrong wrong this is not gonna be the runner of this episode kelsey um for uh 30 30 i have two things i i saw a little bit ago but i've been waiting to talk about it um i saw scott adds it at a show at the nerd melt because i'm an intern there who is pete yes scott adds it is pete scott adds it is the best and he was on this really great show called um oh goodness now i need to remember it (laughs) you're the expert 
it's on npr it's okay. great this guy was a fifth grade teacher was like i'm making a science game show in npr and now he does that but basically they bring on a, a science expert this woman was a um and you can find the podcast it's called you're the expert it's really good okay but they uh, had a woman who was an octopus expert on and uh so th- the first i like, love that somebody can be an octopus expert. she is a like, legit octopus like obviously expert. it's out there but like also i learned amazing. that it is in fact octopuses not octopi is it? octopi is a lie octopi is a lie yeah that's like good catchphrase <laughs> it rhymes so it's definitely true i'm yeah, but I, i'm pretty sure i walked away from that thing and being like oh it's octopuses are, are, which is so awkward. is the plural of portipus and platypus platypuses and port porcupine we <laughs> ended up on a different species kelsey <laughs> I know, sorry. but i'm just curious if that's the general rule that like the animals that end in s if you continue with the es or if you add them an i i don't know i don't speak latin um, you should. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so it's this really cool game show where they, um, oh, how do I explain? So basically the first third of the game is them trying to figure out what she's an expert in. So I'm sorry, I just spoiled it. She's an oh, octopus expert. Interesting. So they don't know. They don't know. So they, they give questions. She gives, they give fun facts about this woman who's not a comedian with the three comedians trying to guess. And then after that point, they, she, they quiz on what do you think is true about these octopuses? And see, I'm struggling with it too. The best part though was, um, there was, they talked a lot about all the octopus escapes, which are my favorite. Oh, yeah, which is totally a thing. My friend Brian's mom has one, and he told me that, and I didn't believe him at first. I know Pixar has touched on it with Finding Dory, but seriously, Spoilers. why is there... I mean, I didn't see Finding Dory, I'm assuming. Okay, good. I'm glad we both really started with that. With like Finding Nemo and Finding Dory, but I really feel like there needs to be an octopus heist movie Oh, for, for sure. kids. I don't understand why copyright this podcast right, right now <laughs> best, Talk idea, to me. best idea i've ever had <laughs> uh, no anyway so they did the whole thing scott adds it was delightful again i am constantly surprised he's not pete in real life mm-hmm. which says a lot about his performance as pete but he's just really charming and funny and confident and i really enjoyed seeing him right. i'm told he's an incredible improver but um i he wasn't doing that he was just trying to learn octopus facts really quickly on this show <laughs> but he was really great and it was super fun seeing him I'm a big fan and then my other talk 32 me is my really dear friend Trent sent me a very strange interview with Jack McBrayer that we literally just watched right now. And I haven't actually told Trent I'm going to use this, so I have to tell him later. But he sent me a video of Jack McBrayer being interviewed on the Eric Andre show. Yeah. Which is like apparently, I think it's new. It's an adult swim show where I think it's just another like discordant, weird late night show. Okay. Because late night is so popular. I think the big move now is to do all these um commentaries on late night which uh, is fair i produce yeah. a show that does that right <laughs> so it's fine um it's awesome but it's a uh, it's eric andre and his andy richter's hannibal barres and it's them just surprising poor jack mcbrayer who is so genial okay in yeah. this video so but we'll share this because he is one of the we're like scott adsa is nothing like pete where jack mcbrayer is just Kenneth, it feels like i'll share this on the instagram i'll remind myself to show this on the instagram when this episode oh perfect goes yeah. out i'll like put a link or something but hannibal breast is my favorite so i now really want to watch the eric andre show it looks very strange but we'll share this interview it's like a one minute interview with jack mcbrayer and when yeah. i say interview i mean more reaction video of him responding to their weirdness mm-hmm. it's really charming yeah i was confused watching it but i yeah. love jack mcbrayer so, so i'm happy being confused by him so we're plugging you're the next and the eric andre show I on like this it. show I like it. Yeah, so it's my 33, uh, 32. I can't, now I'm doing it. <laughs> Why did we choose the hardest names? It's perfect for the episode that's called The Rural Juror. Right, absolutely. Transition. <laughs> oh, man. All right, well, I think that's all of our pre-stuff we got to do. You want ready to talk about the episodes? Yeah, okay. Like I told Confession you. Confession time. <laughs> I, watched, I watched it, and then I left my notes at, at work because I'd watched it at lunch. 
Uh-huh. Um, let me make that clear. I watched it at lunch. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, I left my notes at work. So this is why you got to get an iPad and take notes mm. there. And then you got it with you. I'm like, not digital. Yeah. Well, I'm, well, if you were digital, you would have. Although would I, told I, I you probably earlier. would leave my iPad at work. But then it's it's set up with OneNote or Dropbox and you can access it from all of your devices. <sighs> if you love Dropbox so much, why don't you marry it, Kelsey? I would. Kelsey Dropbox. <laughs> <laughs> Easier than than your last name. My current now. last name. No kidding. <laughs> Kelsey Dropbox. Oh yeah, man, that was really hey, cute. Hey, Mr. Dropbox. Well, today we're going to talk about the rural. Dang, it's the, really hard. The rural juror. When I watch the episode, I'm always like, they're struggling a little too much with this, and then it's my turn. I'm like, rural juror. And you can mentally <laughs> say it perfectly fine. The, and the rural juror. Are the, the RJ? The the. No, I think we have to say it every time we turn. The rural. The rural juror. The rural. that's one of my favorite parts is all their other what they think the name is it's definitely it's definitely it so kelsey do the do the intro so air date for this episode was january 11th 2007 which i think is (laughs) we're gonna do friends birthdays that our friend carrie's birthday is january 11th happy birthday carrie happy birthday miss carrie uh director was beth mccarthy miller who i think just goes by beth mccarthy she did a crap load of snl um, some John Stewart. She's done two Super Bowl halftime shows. Um, she did a couple episodes of The Important Things with Dimitri Martin. So basically, Lady Badass. Absolutely. Lady She's done a whole bunch of The Hats Best off, of Amy Poehler, The Best of The Marriage Ref, Up All Night. She did 23 episodes of 30 Rock. Um, she's done four episodes of Lip Sync Battle, and she's done three episodes of Kimmy Schmidt, Some Modern Family, three episodes of Park and Rec, Has some Mindy Projects. She did Sound of Music Live. Yes. <laughs> Carrie Underwood for life. Um, she did an episode of Go On and she did an episode of Community, Basic Human Anatomy. Oh, which is that one? That's the one where... Oh, that's where she has, uh, where she has to do... Uh, it's like the sex ed fair? No. I'm giving myself a pass. I was out late at the Nerd Mill last night, so I'm tired. Oh, excuses, excuses. And when I say out late, I mean like not. It ended by 1030. <laughs> it was one of the earliest nights I've had there, but I was like, I'm sleepy. I'm all, I was up late watching. What did I say? I'm watching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Um, What is wrong? Why can't I find this stupid episode? Oh, it's season four. No, just kidding. Oh, it is season four. Mm, that's why we don't that's know why it. mm-hmm. it's when annie and shirley learn that leonard is actually holding the spot for the class of valedictorian they join forces to bring him down meanwhile troy and abed reminisce about one of their favorite body switching films freaky friday um i think i saw i've seen all of that season once and that's once, about it yeah that's okay that makes me feel better that it was a season four episode anyway beth mccarthy anyway, Miller directed she everything great. she's on a ton um writer for this episode was tina fey and matt hubbard who he's normally a producer for 30 Rock and was producer for Parks and Rec. And he wrote 17 episodes of 30 Rock and he did some episodes of Joey. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. That was the loudest one yet. Sorry. I think I, like, stared you down as I did it too. Like, why? <laughs> Just like eyeballed me hard. And oh, hiccuped sorry about that. So loudly. We have so, to adjust the volume on those. I know. They don't scare people. Seriously, I'm so sorry. So the episode for the rural juror is Jenna is in a movie that's hard to pronounce. And the movie might be good, might be bad, depending on who you ask. And Tracy needs to make some money. Tracy does need to make money. So this B plot line of Tracy mm-hmm. is my favorite. I think it's one of my favorite favorite Tracy really? plot lines. I literally walk around and every other day I think, meat is the new bread. Uh-huh. 
Like I think it all of the time. The Tracy Jordan meat machine or whenever you see one of those dumb like Snuggie commercials, that bit oh, where they're like, mm, has this ever happened to you? And then it's that person, that woman picks up a loaf of bread and then cuts herself on it and just like, <laughs> it smarts. And uh, the guy who like can't pick up a loaf and it all goes flying. I know. Which must have been fun episode. to film. I want to pick up a loaf Can of bread and do that. It's like the episode of Friends when Joey um, has to open up a carton of milk and can't do it. And so he has to get like, he is selling a milk carton nozzle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It's a, but there's an episode of Friends where Joey can't and then he hates it. It's just absolutely wonderful. And again, I will say this a billion times. My concept of business comes from this show. Mm-hmm. So all the day of branding and whatnot is so funny. Arsenio Hall selling dog food. Right. Because of his woof woof catchphrase. So this B plot line is literally perfection. And then Dr. Tracy is so stiff. And then Dr. Leo Spichemin comes on. The most comfortable chill man. Tracy's his movie star and is so awkward. The powerful bread lobby. The powerful <laughs> bread lobby stops my research. <laughs> Everyone's horror. Also, I was getting major cornballer vibes from this i wrote that too 100 percent, 100 percent. how they sell it elsewhere in a different country mm-hmm. and everything and yeah. people get hurt on yeah. it arrested development was very influential absolutely i mean even was it the, the very first of oh, the second episode with the the boat we said that that reminded us of 82 there's a lot of little arrested development things but maybe okay kelsey it could be that arrested development is that influential or it could be that arrested development is so deeply entrenched in yours my heart because we're from uh, orange county that we find, that's true because i realize people love or, uh, love arrested development mm-hmm. but being from orange county there's something about that show that resonates so deeply in my soul we'll have to one time talk about us getting onto the set for season oh, four that amazing night that was the best <laughs> night that scene didn't even make it in the show oh, God. But now I feel like I have info for the next season because I know they kept it for that reason. Uh, anyway, this is anyway. This is that, this is an Arrested Development podcast now. So so the Jersey walk, walk us through. Um, well, so it opens yeah. up with Jack on the phone with a new lady friend, Maureen O'Dowd. Maureen right? Dowd, yeah. Isn't she one of the writers on the show? I've seen she's, that name before. She's a New York Times op-ed columnist. Oh. She won a Pulitzer Prize for a series of comments about the Lewinsky scandal, <laughs> and she had a brief fling with Michael Douglas and dated Aaron Sorkin. Oh, interesting. We haven't gone into the Sorkin relationship with this show, have we? No, I figured we'd wait until Sorkin makes an appearance. Oh, but that's so far down because we're in the season right now that was up against Studio 60. 60. Did we talk in the last episode, though? No, you and I talked about it ahead of time, but I said I hadn't seen Studio 60. You wanted to wait. I want to watch that. So I will put that on when I'm done with uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Can I... Do you mind if I go into a little bit? Because it's so interesting to me because everyone... I remember everyone freaking out like, NBC bought two shows about a late night comedy yeah. show and they were also and Sorkin it was only a couple years off West Wing yeah so I mean the West Wing was still on TV I think at that point uh, West Wing and yeah I think it might have actually West Wing was still on TV I think and I just remember so this in Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip Sunset it ended Strip in 06 so it just finished it had just finished and so oh he but was he'd been off, off of it for he'd been off years. of it for a yeah. few years yeah but he was still riding the high because here's the thing when you think West Wing do you think any of the other people that wrote it I'm sorry, say that one more time. When you think West Wing, do you think any of the other people that wrote it? No, you think of Sorkin. Yeah, it's Sorkin. Even though he yeah. left it, or he got kicked off, like, yeah, it's Sorkin his show. And so, it was just this nonsense thing. I don't thing. know who took over when he left. That's the thing, it doesn't matter. It's still Sorkin. Yeah, I don't remember. So, it was this whole thing where everyone was like, oh, you know, Aaron Sorkin's new, like, sh- uh, mm-hmm. primetime show. Oh, and this little Tina Fey project. Yeah, you know? I knew it. And I really enjoy Studio 16 on Sunset Strip. I think it's interesting. I think they fit three seasons of uh, content into one season. Into one. And so I'm really excited for you to watch it. 
But it was really funny because I it's not a surprise to say Studio 60 did not make it. Yeah. God bless it. Nor- Nick Cordry was on it too and he was so charming. Oh, really? okay. He was so charming on it. But the show was good and it was really autobiographical to Sorkin's experience, but it did not make it. I remember Tina Fey writes in the book is because everyone was trying to pit them against each other, mm-hmm. but he sent her champagne yeah. when uh, when her sh- show came on, which yeah. was really sweet. But I just, there was this really weird dynamic between the two of them and in the press being like, who's going to live? And in every review I've read of season one, it's them being like, they always discuss Studio 60. Yeah. So there's a really strange relationship between Sorkin and this show. That's so weird. That's all. Yeah. I love Sorkin. What? You? Me is shocking. You quit winging it like three times a day to me. <laughs> no kidding. Um, so, yeah. So he's on the phone with Maureen Dowd. Tracy comes in and he's $60,000 in debt and he needs to sell his house. Which house? I need to sell both my houses. <laughs> I have $100,000 or whatever. I need $100,000 or I'll lose both my houses. So good. Um, so he starred in 14 films. We've heard of a lot of his films. I don't think we've heard of 14 of them, though. Yeah, he's been in 14 films. Let's see. Who that Ninja? Ninja. Hunky grandma be hunky trimpin'. grandma be trimping, uh, trimping, trimping. <laughs> I sounds like shrimping, which I'd hunky grandma be shrimping. I'd watch as well. Right. There's that one that we end up hearing about where he was. It was supposed to be a western, but he wouldn't get out of a car, car. the whole time. And then there was the the one where the cop one where he doesn't know any of his lines. Right. Oh, and then isn't there? There's that episode that he was in with Michael Jordan. Right. What was that episode? Was it Jordan? It was a cartoon episode when he was little, and how he got paid Have we hit there yet no it's later on we haven't hit on all these yet I but remember. i think we Those only ones hear... we've me- mentioned we have hit yet yeah yeah, yeah. So i'd be curious to see i'm like i want to know what all 14 of them were were all f- i can't talk you know what I you know. and i are both struggling today have Man. you had caffeine yet uh no me neither uh, we had raspberry lemonade then. <laughs> so uh Jack is like, you start in all these films, how do you have no money? And he's like, ah, oh, my money manager. And you find out that Grizz is his money this manager. Joke, this joke is perfect. World calm. Man, world calm. And then Tracy, Grizz, why you gotta be so obsessed with telecommunications? telecommunications. <laughs> Which was just so Which, good. And it's so great because they're, they're on a TV show. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Meta. Right? Um, and then you get the, you know, Arsenio, Hall or Billingham. And then we get that joke later on about Whoopi, uh, Hall, Goldberg, Whoopi, Goldberg or, or Billingham. Billingham. Oh, that's such a great weird name to land on to. Have you ever known anyone with the last name Billingham? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think I've, I knew it was a name until this. But And then you see that bit with Whoopi working out with Whoopi. Right. Those, <laughs> right. those two women in the background who were so perky. And then Whoopi's just like... Like which okay so i was like because i i read the rv av club um episode article about this episode and it's funny because two episodes prior they made fun of whoopi how they make fun of whoopi when um they're talking about like who makes fun of whoopi because they were talking about uh black men people black men that do drag every day <laughs> and whoopi like whoopi does it every day why did i laugh but it's so funny <laughs> so oh. i just thought was that was kind of entertaining well tracy's the nice thing is you can make tracy say anything because he's an idiot yeah, so he so. makes a joke about someone well the thing is tracy's an idiot so you can't really be offended by it yeah but you can also put really mean jabs into his mouth and no oh, one can care that's what the the florida thing is don't they call themselves idiots i'm pretty sure they call themselves idiots when Jenna's there. I'm not sure. Sorry. That, well, that'll come many, many seasons down. Yeah. Um, do you know where Arsenio Hall's whiff of catchphrase comes from? From the his TV show? But do you know why he does it? No. Because he's from Cleveland. And the Cleveland Browns mascot is a dog. And like the first time he walked out, they said like, whiff, whiff. And that's just kind of become the thing. Because he's got Cleveland pride. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. 
Um, do any other do any other late night show hosts have? First of all, Arsenio's show he tried to come back and it didn't work out, right? It's not on anymore. Yeah, I don't think it's on anymore. I looked to see what he was up to these days. According to his Wikipedia page, last thing was that in March he's suing uh some uh o'connor because she's claiming that he fueled prince's drug habit wait i'm so sorry in real life Sinead in real, in, o'connor uh-huh, like march is suing 15, 2016 no no no, no, no. arsenio is, is suing Sinead because she's, she made a comment of arsenio is the one who oh so prince's, it's a defamation it's a defamation lawsuit whoa right? or libel slander I learned what these, the difference is ones. I don't what, know. Isn't them. one written and one spoken? Or yeah, something? slander. I think a spoken libel is written. So probably slander. But def- yeah. what's the difference between slander and defamation? Who uh, knows? I don't know. Maybe it's all categories under defamation. Fair that enough. A- that, that makes sense. Maybe. Oh, we're what lawyers. A, what a weird, what a weird, what, what if you're like, you're a judge, right? And you're sitting, oh, right. It's a Tuesday. And then you get this case <laughs> where it's like, oh, Arsenio Hall suing Sinead O'Connor for defamation yeah, because of character of because of uh, getting uh, prints on drugs. Yep. Oh, Arsenio Hall. And craziness. Do you want to know how I first learned about Arsenio Hall and then we'll move on? <laughs> I first learned about Arsenio Hall from this episode many Ooh. eons ago. I don't think... I had to look him up and I don't know... Like, it was a name that I'd heard, but I knew nothing about him. And I was like, oh, he's a comedian. All right, do you want to hear hear my two experiences with Arsenio Hall? Tell me about your experiences. Okay, the first one is I first learned who he was because Michelle Tanner would watch it on Full House <laughs> and she would always do the, like, arm... Oh, thing they did and i remember asking my mother like what is this and she's like oh that was a show that was on our city hall i was like oh the second thing is he's in coming to america and he's wonderful what's coming to america kelsey <sighs> oh my god coming to america is like such a good movie it's eddie murphy and arsenio hall and eddie murphy is a prince from some like paradise cut small country it's very, like the okay you know that running thing in black panther in um the civil war the Captain America oh, Civil yeah, War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of character. Think of that, but silly. Where he's like this prince and he's really handsome but powerful. He moves to America, I think. He runs away because his parents want him to marry this beautiful princess, but he doesn't want to. He wants to okay. live a life. So him and Arsenio Hall, who's like his court like person like best friend slash butler okay run away to america where he gets a job at a mcdonald's knockoff and falls in love and it's the best movie it's so funny it's one of my favorites it's one of those ones that always be on comedy central like in the middle of the day okay when i was like in high school and i'd watch it a lot oh how funny it's one of eddie murphy's it's one of my favorite eddie murphy films but arsenio hall's in it and they have this really great scene where they both do the very classic eddie murphy thing where they play older like versions of themselves like okay. they, they play other characters in the film and they both play two old dudes at a barbershop and it's really cute oh how fun <laughs> so arsenio hall is wonderful and so i'm really glad he gets name dropped in this episode i know this wasn't a big part of this episode but i like i like arsenio yeah hall. yeah <laughs> that's awesome mm-hmm. i love that um we then get the intro song and then we find out that jenna was booked on the view and uh they make that comment where it's like, you'll finally be the least crazy woman in, in the room with like the view cast. And so I look, so this was uh, January of 2007. So the cast at that time was Barbara Walters, Joy Behar, Elizabeth Hasselbeck, Rosie O'Donnell, and maybe Whoopi and Sherry Shepard. They kind of like ended in 06. And so it kind of depends on when you consider this episode. This really is a Whoopi themed episode then. Right? She's just all in it. So that's kind of funny, too. Yeah, that they make the view joke and then Whoopi's actually in it. I love. Oh, I love how when Jenna's talking about the movie and she Liz just kind of smiles along pretending she knows. Oh, that movie. Um, I like her pretending. Did you notice that Jenna handed her a videotape? (laughs) <laughs> a, VHS. That, a vhs of it here's a screener of my movie it's a vhs but you know what's interesting because then 
is it this episode or the next episode where Jack has to it's the next episode where Jack has to try and uh, make up oh yeah because yeah the gold case is the next episode and but he's got a pile of DVDs on his desk so it's kind of weird that it's well this is what I was like all right there's one of two things happening either I'm not remembering 2007 right and VHS's (laughs) would have been a normal thing to give the screener or b it's saying it's showing how janky this movie is that the screeners are VHS's that's a good point and then no one talked about having like the difficulty of trying to find a like a, a v a VCR yeah I remember a couple years ago, I was tutoring and a little girl asked me, what's a VCR? And I almost cried. <laughs> it was like, don't make me feel so don't old, Don't tell her Janice. what a cassette tape is. Don't mention that. <laughs> um, so did we hear about rural juror prior to this episode? I can't remember if there was a pre-mention of it when that, that Jenna met, because Pete makes a comment where he goes, you still don't know what it's called? And I was like, oh, like, I feel like there must have been a scene in one of the prior episodes where... She makes some comment about being in the movie. Maybe not though, but no. Rural Jerk comes up uh, a couple movie, uh, episodes before. Did it? Okay, that's, yeah. I they talk about remember. it. They talk about it. So I was really glad they revisited it. Good. Oh, there's like a limited release or something. Yeah, that's I remember because you were like, "When is this game released? Why is she doing press already?" Blah blah blah. Uh, well, and the last one. <laughs> that sounds like me. <laughs> um. So I. Oh, okay. So there's she. It does a quick little flashback to the writers for. Um, the rural juror sitting there. It's so excited we can work when we're on cocaine or whatever. And you see a quick little snippet of what the cover of the script looks like. And it says that it's the rural juror based on the novel by Kevin Grisham, which John Grisham really does have a brother named Kevin and he writes books, but he's like a professor and the books he wrote on are like about terrorism. Cause he teaches some classes about that. So that was not that he's a terrorist. I'm not saying he's not, but it's like so. Some, there's actually a Kevin Grisham. Oh, and there's also Mark Grisham too. He has another brother who also writes books. His books sound a little more entertaining than Kevin Grisham's. So better than Urban Fervor. Better than Urban Fervor. No, that is so funny that there's actually. I assume they just picked like a really nice, dopey white dude named. Sorry to my friend Kevin, um, <laughs> who may or may not listen to this. But I, I figure they just found like nice, like a Jason, or yeah, yeah, like yeah. a nice white dude name, and they just stuck it on because John Grisham is like the whitest writer. Right. No, but he's got two brothers. But so the at the bottom of the script it says revisions by adam bernstein r vincent smith who was an assistant property master is that assistant prop is that like props on a set is a property master is that another word for yeah i think prop? a prop okay. master so yeah. he's an assistant prop master robert carlock and sean Beatty, who's also an assistant prop master yeah so i like that at the very so bottom but the prop head. masters put their stuff on that well yeah but adam bernstein he's a director on a former episode and then robert carlock so you know how earlier I said that I, I got all my understanding of business from this movie? Mm-hmm. I got uh, from the show. Oh, Eve. <laughs> it's I also one got long movie. <laughs> it's one really long movie um, that we're talking about for years. Right. But I also got most of my understanding of cocaine from the show. Because <laughs> I'm like 15 and I'm like, oh, is that what cocaine does to you? <laughs> well, I was wondering too, is this also like, because now I'm thinking like, okay, Maureen Dowd, like, okay, she dated Aaron Sorkin, the whole Studio 60, like, because. Is this another Aaron Sorkin like subtlety about? Ha! Like I couldn't decide. <laughs> Low blow, Kelsey. <laughs> I was just curious. No, like, that's fair. I mean? There's a lot of like Aaron Sorkin subtext happening. Yeah. Maybe it was that. No, but I remember once I was in a, those two dudes. I've seen in other things. I, maybe they're just on this show at other. Points. I meant to look and see if that They've was been either Adam Bernstein or something. I meant to look to see if that was just one of the guys. I've seen them in comedy stuff. I don't know if it's a show or not. But my other favorite thing is so they do that thing where they're like, "Oh, it feels good to be on cocaine." They rub their teeth. Mm-hmm. I did that as a cocaine joke once, and everyone looked at me like I was crazy. And at this moment, I'm like, "The 30 
Marty Brock lead me astray on what cocaine does? And then someone was like, oh, I get what you're trying to do. Because so, well, normally the joke would be your nose, I think. Yeah, it's the, nose, but then you... Anyway, you can, I don't want to yeah. go into the... the ha- Let's like, talk how about I the semantics. <laughs> like, how you snort cocaine. How my, honestly, you snort cocaine real. with your teeth. I think the, that's how it goes. No, no, but this, I don't want to go into this. <laughs> the leftovers, Kelsey. It's the leftovers. Um, but that's the thing is now people are going to be like Kimmy, like the same way that they were like, "Hey, Kimmy, you misunderstood Scotty Pippen." They're like Kimmy, you totally misunderstand cocaine. <laughs> and I'm going to be like, "Duh." <laughs> it was just sugar. It was just. I don't sugar. need cocaine. I'm this high energy all of the time. Right. I don't want to. Oh man. You and I. Ooh. I'm, that's, I thought, I'm like I. I'm like I never ever would. But the idea. I'm like oh gosh. I don't. Oh no. We're not going to talk about anyway. what would be we be like if we were on yeah. cocaine. But so Liz really hates. I don't have any notes. What am I doing? I don't even know. Liz hates the movie. No one else does. Yeah, but I like when when they when it comes back from the flashback and Pete and Liz are like, "Is it roar her, gem her? No, it's got to be oral germ whore." <laughs> <laughs> um, we get Frank's first hat, which is karate sluts. Karate sluts. Um, I, I don't know why I love the line when he walks in and Jenna's like, well, finally there'll be, you know, somebody who's going to get who, a real star around here. And he goes, what's up, flabby butt? You look weird today. <laughs> That's the best writer's line. And the other best writer's line is the bit where, they, where Josh was like, also her most recent Google searches were singles, yoga and scalp pains. Yes. When, uh, what's his face? Frank asks Pete if he wants to see a comic book about flying zombie nuns. Pregnant. It, pregnant. Sorry, that's what I meant. It reminded me of from Juno when Jason Bateman asks asks Ellen Page's character or, or mentions that he found a comic book that reminded her him of her called The Most Fruitful Yuki, which is about a pregnant lady. So it just reminded me of that. Mm-hmm, that was a weird moment. Yeah. Their vibe okay. in that movie is so weird. I hated that so much. Oh, it's I so love good. Jason Bateman. I know. I, he's so good at being creepy, though. He's quite good at it. Yeah. Oh, there's also the really, really good joke later where uh where i can't remember who kenneth is talking to but he was like oh oh and kenneth is like i had a dream where everybody loved each other or something he's like oh you mean jesus no miguel from set design that is the nicest man that cast too he is the friendliest i'm all waving and showing you what he looks like i know he's like looks like a little curly hair i 100 every single time i watch this episode i assume instead of him saying miguel from set design i think he's gonna say jesus every single time that's i just because i think that would have that would that that's the assumed way that joke would go i think so i can appreciate they don't go with that but that's always what i think and one of the last i I wrote (laughs) i wrote such a happy jesus (laughs) that's what my note said um tracy steals kenneth's sandwich and in the last episode jack stole kenneth's sandwich did i say i meant tracy doesn't get to eat he doesn't at all how's that real right Okay, so then we get the really funny stuff with number. So we see the uh, the bear costume again that we saw in that. What, other what about bears mean comedy immediately? What well, about uh, bears are so funny? I don't know, but there's just blame, always blame a bear Smokey. suit. <laughs> um, oh, I imagine on this show it's we bought some bear costumes. We better use them use as bears much as possible. So much like the bear robot sketch. Yes. Mm. I the bear no, needs to look like when Paris Hilton tries to make out with the bear, he needs to look like he's into it. Right. Uh, then we get the three flashbacks, which I think are are just golden. Her uh, hair and every single one of those. This is definitely a, these two episodes were very fashion heavy for me. Mm-hmm. They were good. Uh, but so you get the first flashback is Jenna Maroney in the Jenna Chronicles, a one woman show. 
then you get Con Air, the musical. Which I would see in a heartbeat. <laughs> right? Have I'll you go- seen... We, did, were you at the movie now we watched Con Air? Uh-uh. Oh my gosh. Have you seen Con Air? Uh-uh. Kelsey, it's a perfect movie. Okay, I said Con Air and all it makes me think of is... Uh, not Aviator. What's... Uh, <gasps> excuse me. Catch me if you can. Oh. That for some... That's what... And just because that's part of... That's one segment of his whole experience. Oh. Pan Am, you mean? Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> no, because I was thinking... I thought you were going to go with hair dryers. Oh, oh, that's totally what my hair dryer is, Connor. That's really <laughs> funny. No, that that'd be hairspray. Um, and but in that ep- that movie in the the flashback, Jenna's dress is like a sheriff or a cop, so it's kind of weird. I don't. I guess I assume she'd be a flight attendant. And then the last flashback is Jenna at a freestyle rap contest. I feel like she'd be good at it, which would be kind of funny. I feel like she's probably pretty good. You know who probably was at that freestyle rap contest? Who? Lynn Manuel Miranda um, mm. in Chicago. Oh, dang it! Was Chicago? You're right. Never mind. He wouldn't be there. No, nope. thinking New York. Yeah, damn it. Maybe he was on, on the New York version of it. Potentially, potentially. Man, if this show had been made now, he totally would be on it. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that'd be. Incredible. I've been waiting for him to show up on the Mindy Project as like a potential love because she always gets dudes like that. She's like, "Hi, I'm Mindy. Can you just Mindy? My can show you be my boyfriend minutes, on my show for like an episode? I just want to make out with you for a little bit. She gets to make out with the best looking <laughs> men in Hollywood. Let's be honest. It's true. It's nonsense to me. Um, we get another uh, attempt at the name of the movie, The Roaring Junior. Oh, so they're doing all this where he co- works. So Tracy comes into Jack and says, "This is the product I want to have," and because he talks about how like bread makes you, my sandwich has made me angry. My sandwich has never made me angry. Like, that. that's why he wants to have this new sandwich, because, like, the sandwiches made him angry because there's bread in them. It just doesn't make sense. The whole purpose of the sandwich is the bread. And the whole invention of the sandwich was to have food that you could hold. Um, a food ball you still can't hold with your hand. No. And it'd just be gross and greasy. But it's the most wonderful idea ever. It's such a <laughs> wonderful play off the George Foreman grill. Right. Which is funny, because I wrote that down, because... Tracy's son's name is George Foreman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like clearly, He's clearly inspired. inspired by something. <laughs> I then you get the great line of "I'm gonna make you a mixtape." You like Phil Collins? I've got two ears and a heart, don't I? <laughs> that line is one I use to describe many things in my life. I've got two ears and a heart. Kelsey asked me if there's something I love. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna go be like, "Do you love ISIS?" <laughs> Sorry. Don't make me do that. <laughs> Sorry. Music. Um, do you love your dog? No, that doesn't work because I can't say I got two years oh, in a heart. Kelsey. Kelsey. <laughs> ask me about some Do you music. like podcasts? I got two years in a heart, don't I? <laughs> there we go. We got there. That was much harder than I thought it would be. It was supposed to be like a five second bit that wasn't good, but it actually became golden because oh you were so lost. <laughs> Okay, I'm breathing. We're fine. Oh my goodness. Oh my Lanta. Okay, so we also we have another appearance of Rachel Dratch on the show as the talk show host for when Jenna goes to talk about as it. As the talk show host or as Barbara Walters? As, sorry, as Barbara Walters on <laughs> The View. It's going to be point. way too long to realize. I'm like, who is that supposed to be? Right. I kept sitting there going, she looks so familiar. I'm like, ah, oh, okay. So it does a couple of scenes with her, but every time it's it's the fumbling of words. Now, the Roger is the true story of Rory Jerna, whose fur, pure furor ensures a terrible murder. Um, and then the... Who wrote that and who had so much fun writing So that? much fun with it. And then the very, very last scene, like the whatever it's called, at the very, very end, the end scene, uh, it's more of the interview, and we get some more background into Jenna. 
Um, because your father, Werner, was a burger server in suburban Santa Barbara when he spurned your mother, Verna, for a curly-haired server named Roberta. Did that hurt her? And then, Merg, Flurg, Merg, 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 McTennis, or whatever. McTennis, yeah, what was Mc- the tennis event? <laughs> so random, but... I'll always be his little girl. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I love that, that little scene. It was so good. The Barbara Walters stuff is really cute. Poor yeah. Barbara, man. She's a serious interviewer. No, but she's on The View, so who cares? Yeah, she- serious mm. air quotes work really yeah. well on a podcast. i know i everybody should just sit air quotes right so and we can do a little bit of fashion cornery stuff fashion corner so okay i'm now deciding i want to keep track of the shirts that josh wears because in the last episode i couldn't see part of his shirts but it had words but he's wearing another shirt uh in this episode that just says tell the truth um and then at another point he has tell like, the truth no that's from <laughs> Tetmos though that's from concussion that's two that's now uh, yeah okay i don't know what that was that sorry that's said. a will smith movie that just came out this year and everyone goes tell the truth because he's trying to get nfl to confess that it gives people concussions oh got it got it got it and then at another point josh is wearing like a denim over shirt but has a long sleeve blue shirt underneath it was just a very interesting fashion josh choice. is just meh dressed yeah oh and then there's another uh hat he's wearing another hat later on that says beef and bean I didn't get that one at all. Yes, he's got another hat on. His hats don't make sense. Also, I really want to know that art department person who's like putting like uh, karate sluts. It reminds me of. Do you think he provides his own hats? No, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> There's. Oh, it reminds me of the episode of Gilmore Girls where uh, Kirk is creating shirts every day with someone with a line. It's like Babette ate oatmeal, like just random stuff, and that's kind of what his hats remind oh, me of sometimes. Um, and I do Jenna wears this really cute dress it's when she's being Paris Hilton in the dressing room it's just like this cute like light blue dress and like a little white belt and I really really like that shirt yeah she looks really cute oh yeah it's a little um, it's the they all wear a lot of the empire waist was really in then Mm -hmm. when it was the line right under your chest yeah Um, those were all really big at that point I remember that Um, and so she gets to wear a lot of those shirts in the show Liz wears them too also Liz wears the ugliest black dress <laughs> I've ever seen. And it like it's had hard moments. to make a black dress look bad, too. It's, it's just a little funny. too much fabric, right? It's really heavy on her. And it's just so funny having her. And I think they were doing it to create this like dynamic image where you have Liz in the big, stuffy black dress. Mm-hmm. Then you have Jenna being really cute and light and feminine colors. Yeah. Um, so it created a really good dynamic, like a contrasting image for their argument. Yeah. But that dress was just, oh, man. It's mm, looks <laughs> very nun ish. She goes. She's on such a roller coaster ride with her fashion in this yeah, show. Yeah, because the next episode, she has this one outfit at the end. We're going to talk about. Uh huh. Hot damn. <laughs> like girl. she's on a date. Clearly, she knows how to clean up. But a she hadn't bit. even planned that date. She was going to work. Oh, that's really. Yeah, remember that was. After... was did he ask her out for that night? Yeah, they like didn't end up going to work. Oh, uh, we're getting ahead. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. But she looks so good. So she's just really hit or miss. God bless her. Right. Mm-hmm. But that final argument, that final scene with the two of them fighting each other and, and Jack bringing them in is so funny. I like when Jack snores like, I'm, I'm bored. <laughs> I know. It's just like the shots. They just keep cutting back to him. Th- this, I think, Alec Baldwin has been very funny on the show up till now. But this moment where he is so good in that final scene where he's like, I'm sorry, Jen. I thought I smelled crazy. In the, I smelled crazy in the room and I thought it was you. But it wasn't. Which is, what's interesting is that this is another example. I think we've seen a couple other times where I think Jenna just gets crazier as the show goes on. Mm-hmm. But she's very intuitive in this episode. Like She's, she's really sitting- intuitive the past couple episodes. Yeah. 
So I just thought that was kind of interesting because she just very much changes from that as the show goes on. But the, it's good because you get you the more they when they have that, you understand why Liz fights for her, right? Like oh, if she sure. really were this difficult, Liz wouldn't be fighting for her. But there are these really good moments where she's a really good friend, where she really cares about Liz, where they have these moments. Mm-hmm. And that first moment with the two of them at the beginning of the episode is really special, I think, and really important. You see that camaraderie and that friendship. Right. Um, and it is really important because for the rest of the show, it's Liz battling with her and for her. Mm-hmm. And why would Liz do that unless they have that kind of connection? Absolutely. So it was really important to establish that. Do you have any favorite lines from the episode or moments? Oh, my gosh. Give me a minute. I love the scene when Liz is pissed off and walks out of the room and punches the dinosaur costume guy. <laughs> it's so great. It's so fantastic. And then also when they... Their argument starts and she's like, Jenna, I hope you get bird flu and die. And Liz is just so offended. And then you get the, <laughs> the she doesn't even need those glasses. Really? Blondie? Like, oh, that's just such, that's such a mean girl. Like, that you hit them where it hurts. And I love it. I love it. And it also says a lot about their friendship with the fact is like, they're very aware that they put on like a persona to the world, but they know who the true per- a person yeah. of that is. And again, it establishes that friendship really beautifully. Yeah. I, I do think it's uh, my two favorite moments are that shot of, of, of um, there's something about watching a grown ass man, his hand, his face between his fists, holding his face. And he's just like, I'm bored now. Mm-hmm. I'm bored. <laughs> it was so great in that. That whole scene is so funny. Um, I think that's a favorite moment. I think a uh, world calm, man, world calm. <laughs> and then I think my other favorite moment is any moment with Whoopi in this episode. Yeah. That closer. <laughs> so wonderful which i couldn't figure out because he's like oh she made another million grivka grivka's not a currency (laughs) were you really upset i did because i like i assumed it was and i wanted to know how much a million grivka was and i searched it and nothing could show up so grivka is a city in russia and so i was like Maybe it's like, I don't know, a Russian ruble, mm-hmm. but a million Russian ruble is only $15,000. <laughs> so that's a, so I I don't, unless maybe Grifka has gone away or something, but it's not a currency. I mean, no, I think the euro was a th- was already a thing. Yeah. So I don't so know what that. Probably made it up. They make up a lot of European countries on the show. Yep. So it's a running thing. But I like that you were like, how much is a Grivka? I was just, I thought that'd be interesting. And it would have been interesting. I am very disappointed as well. I'm disappointed because you're disappointed, Kelsey. Thank you. Um, is this also the first, I think we're almost done, but the, the first ref- reference to Liz having a badger face? Definitely the first one. She, and the, the face she makes too is so perfect for that designation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is also the first mention of Liz's brother, Mitch. Yes, and they stay so true to that character. I love that. Mm-hmm. That <sighs> makes me really happy. Why would Jenna do that? Why would Jenna do that to Liz? Uh, that's just so... Jenna's so <laughs> gross that she would sleep with Liz's broken little brother. <laughs> also, I think this might be the last Or the older brother. He's older, old, isn't older, he? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the feud between Dougie and Kenneth. <laughs> he's just holding the fish up to his face. Yes. Oh, I think Oh, that. they're so cute. Also, that's a feud I want to be in. Right? It's a great feud. Oh, man. Mm. All right. I think that does it for the rural juror. Got the rural juror. All right. So the second episode we're going to talk about today is episode 11, 
the head and the hair. The head and the hair. I love the head and the hair. Who's who's the head? No, this that's not how this conversation. I'm all, who's the head in our pot? No, we're not gonna. <laughs> no, we're not gonna do this. You're the hair, clearly. But Look at your hair. hair. But you're beautiful. So it's like, and but you're smart. So is that the head? But I like to think I'm a little intelligent too. I think we can redefine our head and the hair. I will oh, gladly okay. be the head. The head. Because your hair is too amazing. For those of you who can't see, Kelsey has the (laughs) thickest, darkest, like Swedish red hair I've ever seen. Swedish. It looks Scandinavian. It's not like the. It's it's not not the Irish like Irish like like goldy color. Yours is very like deep red. Uh, You had one of the best heads of hair I've ever seen. Why? Why? Thank you. (laughs) I had somebody once tell me it was Titian. Like that was the color they used it. This Titian. I don't know what Titian is, but it sounded like a tissue to me. Um, (laughs) Kelsey's like, nope. That's, I always love your mom always talks about how she always wanted redheaded babies. Oh, she, yes. And I think that was just me sitting there brown haired and curly, <laughs> just like, meh, thanks mom. <laughs> I once told somebody I was in a geology class or something and there was a very airhead gal, very sweet, but a little woo-hoo, next to me. And I, cause people come to my hair all the time. So I just come up with stupid things to say. And I joked that my, <laughs> she asked me how I had red hair and I joked that my mom drank red hair dye while she was pregnant with me and she 100 percent believe me i kept asking me questions about it because she was planning to do the same with her own child <laughs> I know. Kelsey, if you kill her and her child you go you are in so much trouble it was just the weirdest weirdest thing oh my lanta you i hope you feel guilty so the head and the hair episode aired on January 18th, 2007, mm-hmm. director was Gail Macuso, who she also did uh, Jack the Rider, that episode, episode four. Um, yes. Writers were Tina and John Riggy. And John Riggy, he did. Um, some Is that the- how you pronounce it? How would you- Riggy? How would you pronounce it? Uh, how's it spelled again? I remember just R-I-double-G-I. Like, huh. Yeah, probably Riggy. Maybe Riggy. R- I'm not sure. I just was curious because it was, an- I'd never seen that name before. And I was like, huh. But so John Riggy, uh, the comeback, and he was the producer for uh, the comeback again, some Family Guy, Will and Grace, and lots of 30 Rock. The comeback? What was that? I don't know. They came back from something. I know that movie. I'm going to look it up. You keep talking. Okay. Keep explaining. Yeah. So the, uh, oh, I forgot to write down my little recap of what the episode is about, but it's really about uh, Jenna and Tina find some men that they find attractive in different ways and... Um, they learn some stuff about themselves. <laughs> Excuse me. And oh, he did the comeback with Lisa Kudrow. That's okay. I was that's like, one of my yes. favorite. That season two is one of the best seasons. I'm sorry, you were explaining, but I got really excited. No, it's all right. No, the no, comeback you were season two is one of the best seasons of a TV show I've ever seen. Really? I'm real. Unless it was nope, nope. It's definitely the comeback. Unless it's the comebacks, and that's a David Keckner. No, it's the comeback. And Carl Weathers. Anyway, the comeback, oh. Lisa Kudrow. So good. Got Please it. continue. That's good to know. So yeah, so. Uh, Liz and Jenna find some men that they find attractive and they go on dates with them and Jack becomes a page for the day. Where did they get him such a fitted page so quickly? It fit him perfectly. I was just like, man. Right. He was just, he's all dapper. He was ready immediately. Look good too. Look good in the NBC blue. He can pull it off. He's a handsome man. What can we say? Right. So the head and the hair. So the actor who plays the head is Brian McCann, who he was a writer for, has been a writer for like 
every single Conan episode of stuff. Um, both the Conan guy, both late night and tonight show with Conan. He He's, really leaned into being the weirdo. Mm-hmm. He leaned in real good. And then Peter Herman has been an actor on Law and Order, SVU, Guiding Light, and Blue Bloods. He has that S- Law and Order look where he, you know, he can wear a large coat and still look really and good. Look amazing. Yeah, he just is the most handsome man. Right. Where the head, Brian McCann, he just straight up, especially in that first episode, the first scene with him in the elevator, he reminds me of Toby Flenderson. So much. <laughs> he has such a Toby look. So much, which is what Paula, uh, oh, crud, what's his last name? I don't remember what Paul's last name is, but yeah. Um, Toby Flenderson from The Office. I do not understand how his watch works. He has a Japanese pie watch. Is that a thing? Did you research it? No, I was just, I was more focused on trying to figure out how the math of it worked. Each piece is six minutes. So right now it's six times four, five thirty. And I just don't understand that. I just love her little retort. Like mine has hands that point at numbers. (laughs) I'm Googling Japanese pie watch. Oh, Let's see what do. happens. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm impressed that this eye ended up falling on this. Yeah. Um, also, they're talking to Pete about the head and the hair, which just made me laugh because when you look at Pete, you see no hair and just a big shiny head. And so I just think it's funny that they're talking to Pete about him, about those guys. It's true. Okay. There's no such thing as a Japanese pie watch. I did get um, apparently in there's a Japanese show with a, they have a crazy pie cannon to the face. Oh, so that's the closest I could get. I like it. Well, I think I really respected the head because he said, uh, awesome possum. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, a dad joke. So then, but then there's the next scene with jacket with, uh, Kenneth where he's explaining to Kenneth a little bit about the show, about, uh, the, the bottoms up, which is a terrible name for a program, but oh, it totally so makes sense. So. But what I really dug is, um, he starts pitching shows and around a TV where a bunch of hot nannies have like, T- preteen boys and help them lose weight yeah yeah help fat kids lose weight and then the Every time their show pitches i'm just like in ptsd where i'm just like oh man and i'm like that's a good one right and uh-huh. then he references the lady who does the voiceover for desperate housewives which is brenda strong and i think it's funny because desperate housewives is an abc show not an mbs whoa cross promotion mm-hmm. it's not a great plan <laughs> I want you to ride, uh, Kenneth. I want you to be my bottom, or what? Uh, yeah, is that what he says? I want you to be my bottom, and I want yeah, you to ride, ride me, me hard. hard. Yeah. <laughs> and then I love the line that this TV stuff is just one unpredictable ass ache. Like I think that is a great line from Jack. Donaghy. He just he could have he has the stupidest lines. And he can have the stupidest line, and he delivers it so beautifully. That so wasn't a stupid beautiful. line, but like. Yeah, it doesn't take much for him to sound incredible. Right. This episode is my favorite, one of my favorite lines, too. Which one? Um, I want you to rub my snake's belly until he poops. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. It's a really, really good episode. Also, what snakes can let you rub its belly? I mean, any of them. No, do you know how hard it is for me to rub my turtle's belly? But a turtle is not a snake. <laughs> Turtles love having their bellies rubbed, but it also freaks out whenever it's on its back. Well, but so you would just have like being on its back you, too. It's not like you're like laying the snake out in front of you on the table and just rubbing its belly. Like you'd have it wrapped around your arm and like intentionally like be rubbing its belly. <laughs> I didn't think about that. I literally thought of it just <laughs> like, like stretch out, the table. like a child, like you rub its belly. No, you would just intentionally like. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea that you and I could both sit down with a snake and like, all right, rub its belly. It We're gonna make very the snake feel different. better. It would look very different. Oh, my goodness. Um, also, I thought it was interesting that Kenneth is all concerned that he's going to get in trouble for stealing the Clementine off the table. But he was, like, taking a sandwich off of it earlier, like, in the last episode. So I'm a little confused by that. Getting caught in all the wrong moments, Kenneth. Right? Mm-hmm. Um. So then we get Tracy shows up to work and Liz is all excited that 
you're here to work on time. Like, I'm not here on time. I'm just on a bacon run. And then we have so much bacon. bacon. Oh, which is just so fantastic. January 17th, Suri. A day right, yeah, like yeah. any other day. Which this aired on the 18th. So that was the day before. Perfect. That makes sense. Because right? they film things the day before. Exactly. And then we get to watch it. So it it's like perfect. in real time. Um, and so he was at a party where girls were dancing in dog cages and not like big cages like crates yeah we're like a pit yeah i was like that is a weird image again it's like another stefan joke yes uh we get a frank hat it says smells yep um and frank's shirt says two hours two hours in the dark incorporated hmm and josh is playing with like a little red car (laughs) on the table i don't know josh is a child yep very very much so also when i love that when liz says like write it down sri she actually grabs a pen and starts writing it down (laughs) the moment sri chooses to be a good assistant are not good moments so random she's not the best at this um oh and so then we find out that tracy is supposed to write his autobiography which so this so this is january 17th he mentions later on that it was the beginning of 2000 Oh, did he say 2007 or 2006? I think it was it was January 2007, being the year. And so he literally gave himself like three weeks to write a book. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So I thought that was kind of entertaining. He's a big idiot. God bless him. Big dopey man. I really enjoy... I really... This reminds me a lot of a Mindy Project episode because they romanticize so gray, right? So Liz decides she's going to go ask out the head, mm-hmm. who's not gray. I don't know his real name. <laughs> I'm looking for... The, the head? head? <laughs> mm, the head of what? No. Yeah, how am I going to do this? So then Gray finds her, though, and introduces himself and asks her out. He asks her out so beautifully. Mm-hmm. So clean. Hey, I was wondering if you'd want to join me. I was wondering if you'd like to go out with me. Like, so what? confidently <laughs> and coolly. He plays like a Mindy Project character where, let's be real, he's like a rom-com character. He's yeah. not like a real person. Most real men aren't that comfortable doing that. Right. But it plays so beautifully. Everything he done is, does is so perfect, which is why that beautiful twist at the end that he is her cousin uh. is so painful. Uh. It's so painful. Uh, but it's just everything building to that is so like he's just so romantic he's got that like disney prince strong very jaw. much so very much um, so. he's huge too six mm-hmm. foot four next to her little oh man she's tiny very tiny it's just so funny to me but it read i really like this because that's such a great thing about the mindy project how they're always playing with how we imagine dating and men to be yeah and like all these rom-com kind of stereotypes and then mindy turns them on their head a little bit or doesn't and just enjoys them mm-hmm. but this was doing the same thing where it was playing into all of that I like it. Did you also catch that joke though? Very early on, where they're talking, where she's like, "We, um, my uncle's a cop." So, like, so yeah, later yeah, when but- she's threatening him, she goes, "My uncle's a cop." So, if you're gonna steal my organs, my uncle's a cop. So, don't do that. Oh, and he goes, "We all have uncles, uncles who are, are cops. cops." Which I tried to later. So, spoilers if you've never seen the episode. At the end of the episode, everything's going well, and she's really confused. And it turns out they're related because, of course, he has a picture of his grandma's cousin. Yeah, who does by that? His couch. No, it's his great aunt Dolly. Well, hang on, no, because he said, oh, it's her great aunt and it's her grand. No, it's Liz's because she says, why do you have a picture of my great aunt Dolly? And he says, no, that's my grandmother's cousin, Dolly Harlan. So it's her great. Yeah, Why would he have a photo of a grandma's cousin? Right. It's just and also I don't I was trying to figure out who their uncle would be like you're trying to find the middle i was trying so hard and i i could not figure any of that stuff which out. means they probably could have dated yeah they probably <laughs> i'm like yeah like between like 
divorces and step siblings and I'm pretty sure that Franklin so that they, they, they reference Franklin and Eleanor Roosevelt mm-hmm. being like oh they were fifth cousins I thought they were second cousins Ugh. I'm gonna google this because I was like 95% sure that Franklin and Eleanor were second cousins which look here's the thing that used to be a thing we don't do it anymore because yeah, there are yeah. billions of people and why would you why would you and yeah. that's it's weird but it used to be a thing a lot of Jane Austens and with someone marrying their cousin that's true. and the family being excited the money stays in the family so <laughs> what uh, a weird uh I, so I like that Tufer and Frank are helping Tracy write his autobiography and Tracy's over Tufer's shoulders like, make the letters bigger, Toof, which is that's just something that I think everyone probably did in high school or whatever. If it was your paper it needs to be 10 pages long. And so you'd make the font size like 0.5 bigger or whatever. Just to try. See, it's about getting rid of those margins, right. making them a little bigger. Yup, make them an inch and a quarter instead of an inch. I thought it was interesting that, so... It is fifth cousin. I was wrong. Oh, okay. Huh. Fifth right. cousin once removed. I guess it's okay to be wrong once. <sighs> Keeping the family. <laughs> um, Jack brings Josh his lunch, which is a spinach salad, but he wants it to remain. And Josh yells at him, which I thought was really interesting because I feel like that's way more of a Jenna trait than a Josh trait. Josh is crazy too, though. It was more <laughs> Jenna, but I think we get the idea that everyone's terrible. Yeah. We get another Star Wars reference. Yes. Wars. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. That was great. When Liz talks about talking to Gray and how it was looking to Gray's eyes was like looking into the Death Star tractor beam where the Falcon is. Liz. <laughs> None of the Don't Star talk Trek. Star Trek. Wars. <laughs> her, her, yeah, her indignity. Well, it's hey, they're family. Wars. So I bet he's a really big Star Wars fan, too. That's very it true. runs in the family. I love the line, I am a head plus at best. <laughs> And then I love that they really start going off on how like crazy Brian Williams is. They really yes. that's because that's a thing that runs through the show. The destruction to his office is so perfect. Yes. I, what was your favorite weird thing in that office? Because I definitely love the egg in the, the underwear. The egg in the underwear is what I was thinking. There was also I couldn't tell if it was blood on the wall or a wine stain on the wall. Maybe both. Probably both. And then the <laughs> pizza that fell from the ceiling. Oh, so good. How I did just, that get out there? And in his hand, he's got half a Barbie. Yeah, I I just and I love the idea that like I was trying to figure out like I don't know if like if Brian Williams and Tina Fey just have a good relationship. She's like we're just gonna screw around with him because he's later on the show yeah i think he just i think a lot of these people who have very serious jobs want to do comedy i think if it's something different for them but they still get to perform i've noticed that a lot Mm. oh my gosh we're the beginning of his christmas album in this one yes imagine Imagine christmas wishes shooting out of your eyes a candy cane filled with snowflakes a stocking full of sighs it's a jordan christmas (laughs) <laughs> i know there must be somewhere um a soundtrack because i've had people own oh, there's other songs he sings that i've heard played up because i have too. uh i have muffin top imagine i sing that to myself a lot at christmas See, and there isn't doesn't he have another christmas song uh, or it's just where it's sing. i can't remember we'll get there all their ones are good i just love that whole christmas album though i, I wish i had every song on it yeah um, so it would totally beat my Reliant K and Sufjan Stevens Christmas songs and she and him the three albums I play every year all of them so Liz and the hair go out to not dinner to a club where they, to serve, a club uh, where they serve infused air air which I'm not going to pretend to even try to understand but I love that the head goes on his date with Jenna and shows up with a recorder Let's get funky. And he starts playing American Pie, which is just Oh, amazing. yeah, that's what he was singing. That's yep. what he was playing. 
Hey, any man who's good at a recorder, I'm 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 a fan. Dude, any man that can sing I can sing. You know who's song. really good with a recorder? Who? Sufjan Stevens, who I just saw in concert <laughs> this week. It was amazing. I was gonna say, if a man can sing every line to American Pie because I know every single Dude, word. Really? That, every single word. All that, ten minutes of it? Eight minutes and twenty six seconds. Why, yes I do. I'm really impressed with you right now. Why thank you. I don't know why, but I just do and I love it so much. There's one more thing in the in the Brian Williams room, and it's the uh they have to make so much fake porn on this show. Oh, and yeah, I just yeah, always the magazine. I always think of those like wonderful little like uh, you know production assistants who are working in the art department, <laughs> and they have to make all this porn. Yep. And it's like, what a gig that is. So the magazine that he picks up, it's another which because the last it might just be the same as the last it's one. It's not because the Kelsey. Why are you taking note of that? <laughs> because the last episode was called butts magazine and it was the junk in the trunk issue and this you magazine say it so scientifically <laughs> and this episode dang it where did i write it um the magazine is called junk in the trunk um so it's not the epi- it's not the issue it's actually yeah so he, he picks up the magazine it's called junk in the trunk and the little captions are best year in movie sex ever and behind the scenes of a porn <laughs> Oh my goodness, I can't even handle that. Um, then you get uh, Jack talking and he's like, he talks about the paddling swan boats. He's like, is that some sort of euphemism for a sex worker? Which I just love Kenneth. And then Kenneth goes on his great speech about why he loves television. And it has the great line of, from the glory and tragedy of the Summer Olympics to the, the less- glory and pageantry. Oh, thank you. Sorry. Did you say tra- the glory and tragedy? <laughs> I mean, yeah. The, the what happened yesterday with the women's soccer team was tragic, but uh, the glory and pageantry. pageantry of the Summer Olympics to the less fun Winter Olympics. <laughs> which I was just talking to somebody this week. No one likes them as much. No, who said that they love the Winter Olympics? Really? You know what? My roommate likes them too. Like I can appreciate like the ice skating. I like ice skating. <laughs> Some of the skiing is good curling big fan of curling yeah hmm. we get the the moment when liz is going on a day date with gray because she runs into him and he's like take a sick day and she pretends to throw up on the side of the street so it's great fake vomit by the way oh, totally. pretty she does a really good job it very much inspires my fake vomit style <laughs> but does that mean gray is also calling in sick to work because we never see that happen he's just on the side of the road and then is like let's go to the movies i think he is i think he's just so dashing and exciting that he's just like let's do this <laughs> Um, and she's in fashion wise in that scene Liz is wearing one of those scarves that is 100% just decorative because it's I had one it's one inch thick and she's it's January in New York but those were so big in the mid aughts I had one from American Apparel and I loved it I but skinny she scarf. lives in New York it's January it's 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 so cold it doesn't look like it's that cold outside in that episode though and think about it it released in january they filmed it in october i think i assume that because we're in southern california every place else in january and december is just below zero degrees and that you must be i think it might be but still but still sumo wrestler is not the way i should describe it like Mm. (laughs) you should walk around with a whole lot of clothes on um you also get the great line where so kenneth comes oh so Jack asks Kenneth about what type of show he would rather Women see. getting their hair done while listening to salsa music? Yes. Oh, it's so great. I'd watch that in a minute. Well, that's so that was one of Kenneth's ideas. And then, but he says, an ex-porn star who talks to ghosts or a remake of Little House on the Prairie. Please tell me there's nothing in the works for a remake of Little House on Is the Prairie. Is that the one that offended you more? Not the ex-porn star <laughs> yeah. talking to ghosts? I mean, no. 
ex-porn stars do what you need to do but it was the little house hey at least you're making money doing something for you exactly exactly but don't remake little house on the prairie Um, how does that the thing that offended you and that in those two uh, options i don't know it just did like don't like Little House, House of Prairie be. is great. I know. Let it be. Like, don't remake it. Oh, that's, that's what's what, that's, yeah, I'm, I thought you were like, oh, we don't need more Little House. No, no. I was saying get like, those family values like, out like, of here. Let Michael Landon always be the dad. Nobody else should ever oh, be the dad. That man is fabulous. So I had to do a report and I don't know some at some point on somebody. And for some reason, I must have been watching Little House of the Prairie and Bonanza and decided that. I, oh, and Highway to Heaven. And so I decided to do it on Michael Landon. And so I got a biography about him. And halfway through the book, he talks about how I couldn't figure out where the first they kept talking about this guy named Eugene Orowitz. And I'm like, this is so weird, but like, whatever, we'll find out about it later. And halfway through the book, he's like, and then I decided to make a stage name, Michael Landon. And I'm like, I had to reread the first half of the book because I didn't know who Eugene Orowitz was. That I'm is, glad I got to share it with our audience. <laughs> that is frustrating. But um, so Kenneth's idea is the women's salsa and then gold case. Yes. Gold case is so perfect because it's such a great knockoff of... Um, how uh dealer no deal dealer no deal i was gonna say how did this get made i'm like wait no that's a voiceover show about yep. machines dealer no deal and it's such a good knockoff of that show <laughs> like the look of it and the feel all those shows were so popular right then too mm-hmm. that's in the middle of the dealer no deal which by and the weakest way the link arcade and... games are still in and i really like this i really i loved weakest link too that woman was so mean you are right? weakest link goodbye she was like the female uh simon cowell exactly she was so mean in english right I uh I think this is the first time we also get in this episode shut it down. Shut it down. We get two shut it downs. And also I was reading on the AV club and I didn't believe it. So I went back and I took a screenshot of it because it exists that in the captions for this episode or not the captions. Sorry. The what's the thing at the end? The credits. Mm-hmm. Brendan Walsh as shut it down. I don't know what that means, but he gets credit for shut, shut it, down. it down. Well, there we go. Which I thought was really, really funny. No, they do say shut it down. I also want to talk about the brilliance of the Les Moon Vesting. Now, you know who Les Moon Vest yes, is, Yes, yes, right? I do. I do. The, le- the it's, Moon it's the, Vest. The husband of Jackie. Uh, not Jackie. Yeah, Jackie. Uh, who's the chick who hosts Big Brother? Julie Chen. It, yes, is, is it is. His wife. Her, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I know who Les Moon Vest actually is. But the Les Moon Vest thing, it just sets up the perfect. Them creating this crazy man who sits outside of the CBS building, which that totally is the CBS building. I saw it and I laughed when mm. I was in New York. So I'm like, oh, that's where Les Moon Vest is. <laughs> um, not Les Moon Vest, just Moon Vest. Yeah. Um, but creating a crazy man who wears a, a, a vest <laughs> with moon sold, sewed all over it creates this constant great thing that Kenneth has this amazing relationship with him. And his name is Moon Vest but it's always their perfect way to satirize cbs the yes, biggest competition it was perfect it's absolutely wonderful i really enjoy it also kenneth is such a badass like businessman i want five points off the back end i've used right? that terminology before i don't really know what it means 20 percent off merchandising yes i don't fully understand not percent off because he wants 20 percent of merchandising. oh sorry that's what i meant <laughs> he's like i'll pay for sorry that's what i meant to say. <laughs> He wants that cup with gold case on it. I want 20% off all, all the merchandising. <laughs> I only want to pay 80%. Uh, so that's that. But that just the way the, the business dealings Kenneth has in that scene are wonderful. I'm very impressed with him. And I've definitely said, oh, I want how many points off the back end are you getting? I have no idea. I don't fully understand what that means. What I, have, means. I have like a guess. But I like, like if you ask me right now, Kimmy, what does it mean to have points on the back end? I'd be like, I think it's percentage amounts you get on the after it's made money. I don't know. Sounds good. Talk to <laughs> Sounds right. right. Um, I know Kenneth would know. I thought it was interesting that because like wasn't the show is a flop at the end, obviously, because gold is heavy. Um that jack makes a comment like oh at least you get your clock radio 
So does he also get, because his initial requirements were that he gets a clock radio and be head of the pages, but he doesn't become head of the pages. No, and then he, because then he says, I want to be head of the pages and I want a clock radio. And he's like, you got it up there and I'll break it off. And he says, I want five points at the back end. I want 20% of merchandising and a clock radio. So, you so think he, it, I think he changed, he changed it. it. He didn't mm-hmm. want. That's what my theory is. Interesting. Yeah. So, but let's talk about that final scene with, um, with Gray and Liz in the Ugh. apartment. That man's apartment is so swanky. It makes me so uncomfortable, though. Why? Because knowing where it's going. Oh, you mean her on his lap? Also, when, when like, she sits on his lap, which is so awkward, and all it does is put her boobs right at eye level for um, him. Her, which look amazing. <laughs> just in this super that, low cut. W- like, with that, with that sweater, I was just like, damn, Liz Lemon. Mm-hmm. Getting it. And I like it because he's right. She is a head. No, right. hair. Uh, yeah, she's a hair. She's a hair. But she, she he's is just a like, hair. here, sit, sit on my lap. And I feel like, she just she looked uncomfortable. He looked uncomfortable. It should have been a. He looked very comfortable. I don't. It's it's a you sit next to me and swing your legs over my lap sort of. I don't. Know. It was. I just thought it was weird. Um. But then it was. You think the, she sat on his lap wrong? Yeah, I just think it looks funny. I mean, I I mean, it looks funny because, like she says, it's not a grown lady. Thing I guess because do. she doesn't look comfortable with it, which is why it doesn't look good. Yeah, she does not look comfortable with it. Um, but it's funny. But it was a little bit weird when after like they realize oh crud we're related and they both jump up. He's not he's kind of still hitting on her just in the way he likes her it was the way he's complimenting and he's still hoping he has a chance because he's like well we're not directly related we're how how many cousins would we need to be for this to be doable (laughs) two no no no, (laughs) absolutely nothing no way under any possible circumstances (laughs) right regardless of what's happening i just love that lap sitting moment because her uncomfortableness is just my uncomfortableness in general dating always just like like a uh, 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 grown lady where do i go what do i do yeah it's just so funny it's just so funny to me i relate to that moment and very emotionally yeah i uh, that scene just makes me so uncomfortable it's heartbreaking but he's so handsome and kind through the whole thing he's just i i love him as this image of like what she wants but can't have right you know what makes me laugh is that i'm pretty sure that if like i can see jenna having been in that situation with her second cousin third cousin or whatever and being like yeah all right like jenna wouldn't have cared in the least nope Jenna wouldn't care in the least. Um, no, I just, I think, so we just had a couple episodes of the baby show where they're like trying to move Liz's storyline along, right? With mm-hmm. her dating and whatnot. With her, like, what does she want in her life? She may be adopting or all these things. Right. I feel like this episode's actually, this episode really moves her story along just as well or even better because this episode is her, how do I explain? This episode is her realizing she can date and that she is worthy of like a good relationship. Yeah. And that's moves her along just importantly and maybe a little more artfully than that last baby episode. Oh, okay. So I feel that way. Yeah. No, I think I the baby show is good. I just think this, it's this focusing on really the, uh, another, the baby show is focusing on the maternal side of her instead of the, the relational side of her, I guess. Like, well, it's, it's just, just a different part of her. It's just a little clunky the way they're like, bup, 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 I guess I want a baby, which mm-hmm. is like a running thing in this. But this, it's like, she's dated Dennis. Yeah, she's had and other... Like, and then she's kind of feeling down at that point. And then suddenly this really great guy who happens to be her cousin yeah, uh, like, really, ah. really cares about her and tells her like, hey, you're worth it. Like, you deserve to be treated really well and blah, blah, blah. And it leads to her and then the rest of the season, she ends up having some really good dates. Oh, for sure. And things go quite well for her for a bit. So I really think this, they're doing the same thing where they're moving the plot along and they're growing her as a character but Mm -hmm. this one i thought did it really beautifully while the other one i felt like was good but a little clunky yeah so that's how i feel that's a good way to put it yeah um you know that whole thing because twice in this episode we get liz all indignant over you can't 
I won't accept the hundred dollar bill. You can't do that. That's an illegal current, uh, illegal policy that they have. Mm-hmm. You know, no twenty dollar bills, more than twenty dollar bills. Yeah. So it's not actually illegal because it's only legal. It's only legal. Um, you, you to say I won't accept it for twenty dollars if it's already a debt. But there's no debt now. You are going into a store saying I want this candy. You don't own the candy yet, so there's no debt yet. So you're allowed to have that policy where like at a restaurant, like that policy is never in place at a regular restaurant where you've already consumed the food because at a restaurant, you've taken the food, you've eaten the food and then you pay for it. So you have a debt that you have to pay now. So for that, they have to accept the hundred dollar bill. Yeah. But at a convenience store, you grab a water bottle. Oh, I'm not going to accept your hundred dollar bill, but it's an illegal policy. Nope. You don't own that yet. You take it now. You're stealing, but Mm -hmm. you don't own it. There's no debt to be paid. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting. No, it is interesting. Huh. Now I understand the ins and outs of that law more. Yep. Is that in New York or California? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's a federal because currency is federal. Probably. Yeah. So I don't I think mean, currency a, is definitely federal. Probably it's a federal law. Yeah. I would saying. imagine. I, I'm not going like probably there's it, money everywhere. Right. Because it really does say like because it's it's yeah because that line is on the money. So um, I do like the fact uh, the other thing though when we see Kenneth back in Brian Williams dressing room erasing the graffiti that says Katie Couric sucks. I know it's so clearly <laughs> and I got it. Yeah. Oh, that Brian Williams. Like, I can't wait for him to show up on the show. Mm-hmm. Is that just the one? Does he have a show anymore? Because he got kicked off. Oh, yeah. For lying. Does he have a show? I think he gets a show, right? I don't know if he's come back yet or not from that. Awkward. Yeah. Well, and then we end with Gold Case. We get to see the show that Kenneth created. <laughs> Which, even on Deal or No Deal, the briefcases are on like a pedestal. Yeah, no, it's a little ridiculous when that so would have easily solved it. Yeah. Also, there was no art to the game. They'd literally just pick. I know. <laughs> it's like they have a one in 12 chance or something. Isn't that, that's 100% how, how deal or no deal is. You're just also making a deal as it goes. It's statistics along the way though. So it becomes more and more likely or unlikely. So you're playing a game with this. I think this was just like the, all these people, but they were all choosing it immediately, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, but also there was it that one has gold and there's no like maneuvering like all right you can accept this or take whatever yeah oh, in that's there. true that's so true. there was none of the maneuver you're right there was no maneuvering but i just it what am i trying to say i'm trying to say that i've watched this episode many times and the first three or four times i caught it i always forgot what happens of gold uh, being heavy it's such a wonderful thing because you always just forget about when you're thinking about like what's a show blah, blah blah like trying to get like logistics you forget gold is really heavy yeah and it's such a basic detail and it's so funny to watch all those lovely models just shaking (laughs) as they hold that one case it's so obvious that's really funny i really enjoy it um did you have any favorite is this the snake pooping belly oh definitely snake pooping belly best line that's your favorite line um i I really think unpredictable ass ache like i wish i could throw that into my normal lexicon is that the right time to say that <laughs> um i think it's de- always the right time to say that okay, kelsey cool. um oh i also do love it when kenneth is talking with the executives and pitching a gold case and he's like how do we make your show i thought y'all would have the cameras and stuff <laughs> y'all know how to get the cameras <laughs> he's just so stinking cute about that he's so cute also i really want to pitch a parody version of this that's okay. rick and morty called 30 rick 30 rick that's all the rick and morty all the episodes of ricky oh all the episodes (laughs) of rick and morty are just like spoof names with the word rick in it oh got it but that's what i want 30 rick i like it all right cool i think that uh we've covered the head and the hair and 
Perfect. All right, Kels, where do they uh, where do they find us? Cool. Well, they can find our everything podcast related on all social media at Talk Thirty to Me Pod. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Like us. Share us. Um, you can also write a review on iTunes. Write a review that on iTunes. That helps us That'd out. Be awesome. A that lot. helps get us attention on iTunes. It's an algorithm thing. It's silly, but that helps us out. Yeah. So thank you. That'd be great. Send us emails. Talk Thirty to Me Pod at gmail dot com. We'd love to hear from you. Um, any if you have any fun trivia that we might have missed, that'd be kind of fun to hear. We will definitely discuss it in another um, episode if we did. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you can find me on all social media at Redheaded Blonde. Um, tweet at me, follow me, like me, love me. I don't know. <laughs> One of those things. One of those things. Um, I'm at Kimchi Lucas, so feel free to. I tweet occasionally about silly things. Yeah, that's about it. It's not probably not worth your time, but you know, feel free to if you want. <laughs> Perfect. All right. We have some guests we're planning on for the future episodes, but uh, sit tight as we figure that out. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks. and shows, visit BoardWalkAudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.